Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Wednesday here at polkastarter.gg for your Wednesday podcast of Press Play Game Talk. Today, we are going to be exploring social games. I am George, as always, and we are joined once more by Gaspode. Gaspode, say hello. Hello. <laughs> Excellent. Keeping our Chuckle Brothers routine going strong. Fantastic. So today we are going to be looking at exploring social games. And with us to do that is Skyborn Legacy. Um, I'm unsure who is behind the account. So if you could first introduce who is going to be speaking for us today, please. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm community manager for uh, Skyborn uh, Legacy. My name is Zach. Uh, Dragoon is my like uh, Twitter username. Awesome, very much. Thank you, Zach. So, Zach, could you give us a uh, brief description about yourself and also then a longer description about the game itself, please? Uh, yeah. So, like for me, I'm just like an uh, avid DGen gamer. Like I've already died on three hardcore characters on Diablo Four. I'm back on my fourth. Um, as for Skyborn Legacy, uh, Skyborn Legacy is a social world and exploration uh, building game. Uh, somewhere where you can self-identify, um, trade freely, and just kind of explore uh, the world that we're building. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that you have also died on Diablo Hardcore. I have died many a times. Uh, in the audience, we have Sandbox, who managed to reach level 50 and die with, I believe, 20 hours on that one hero. So, uh, unlucky Sandbox. So, it sounds like your game is going to be one where people are getting to move around and explore. But for a more basic um, idea of the game what is the the game loop or what will people be doing as they're exploring are we thinking dungeon crawler are we thinking wow what type of thing do people have to compare it with if this is the first time they are discovering skyborne legacy uh i would say it's a mix of uh animal crossing with a little bit of uh like uh combat action combat not too in-depth combat nothing like uh like an Elder Scrolls game or something like that, where you have to have multiple abilities, but there will be combat involved where you go out, you quest, you adventure with friends, um, you can collect recipes, uh, you build certain items which become cosmetics, uh, you can store them around your house, wear them around your house. Uh, the core loop of the game would be to go out, adventure, have fun, fly around the open skies, uh, come back with the loot, and then kind of just show off what you've done, invite friends over, uh, and then go from there. That sounds really interesting, and I like the idea of the cars, um, the houses, sorry, someone just pulled up. Um, but in terms of social, what will you be doing in-game to encourage social elements, and will there be, like, clans and guilds? Uh, yeah, so you'll be able to go on adventures uh, with each other as well. So you can either play the game solo or or uh, go on, like, a multiple-person adventure. Uh, there will be flying flying ships within the game, so kind of like Sea of Thieves, where you can, like, man manually run a ship with four or five friends, um, and everybody has to be kind of doing their part to make the ship proper. Uh, we'll see something like that, not to such a high intensity that it is in Sea of Thieves, but, you know, when you're flying around on your ship, for example, one person will be controlling the steering wheel, a couple other people will be watching the cannons. Um, 
uh, and then the the trading, right? So everything will be uh, like acquired by the players within the game. So all the gear and everything that you're trading come comes from the community. It requires a bit of social interaction in order to uh, improve your character overall. Awesome. So that sounds like you've got the trading part down and you're going to have your close group of friends going to need for these ships to be sailing out. So what I'm imagining in my head right now is an Animal Crossing homeland where you're going to be building a house or doing farming type stuff. Then you have the option of going out on adventures on your own little legs or you have the option to go out on adventures on ships. Am I, uh, am I thinking down the right lines here or do I need a bit more clarification? No, absolutely, absolutely. Imagine uh, like fly, flying, uh, floating islands in the sky and you can choose to play the game how you want to. You don't have to take part in the action adventure. You could just be a home decorator and your friends that go out and fight, you take care of the cooking and the cleaning at home, essentially, you know, the, the decorating and making sure the space looks nice. <laughs> I do love that um, that sort of um, analogy. It's something that always comes up in a lot of reviews or games that I play where they all talk about of our race is only about war. Well, that's impossible. You can't all just be about war. Someone has to build the houses. Someone has to build the weapons. Otherwise, you're not going to function as a society. Um, so I do really like um, the ideas you have behind there. Um, with that, how do you think these social interactions are going to be improved um, when it comes down to Web3 usage and integration within a game like this that has got a um, player-driven in-game economy? Uh, so usually uh, the, one of the biggest blockers uh, in Web2 would be uh, terms of service, right? Like uh, World of Warcraft and RuneScape tell you you can't actually buy gold or or, or like pay to win, buy your way to the top, uh, you know, outside of the game. And that's eliminated with blockchain. And that's the type of blockchain we're including where uh, it's in the terms of service that we want you to trade. We want open trade. We want free trade. We don't want anybody to be barred from being afraid to like maybe buy something that they want uh, or something along those lines. Uh, like, again, I, I recently had a character like banned in World of Warcraft because I tried to buy a little bit of gold. And we're trying to kind of prevent that because that opens up more of a free trade uh, experience amongst a, a larger uh, like a collection of players. And I like the idea of kind of um, getting rid of the terms of service side, also enabling people to kind of trade a bit better between each other. The one thing that kind of I'm envisioning the way you described it, and you touched on it slightly with your friends going off to war and you stay at home and make the house pretty. Do you see there being a kind of people picking those sorts of rules? And is there anything in game that encourages people to specialize down say one route for example i don't know if someone's the collector of resources where someone's the crafter um so yes and no um it's kind of like you you will be able to uh there's no specific craft crafter like that's going to be the crafter however there's only going to be one individual that has a pattern specifically, like let's say there's a super rare raid boss and they drop this pattern that allows this item to be made. Um, whoever has has that item is the only person that can use that blueprint unless they share it like via a guild or something along those lines. But so that person would kind of be your homebody where they're the person you give all of your, uh, 
um, like blueprints to that way when you're out at war, if somebody hits you guys up and they're like, hey, I want to make a purchase, you know, you got the plug at home ready to, to craft and sell that while you guys are out at war. So it allows you to be in two places at once, essentially kind of profiting from the game economy. Yeah, I do like um, systems that are put in place like that, where you can have the option to play alone, but it is obviously greatly beneficial to you if you are splitting the workload almost between those that are going out to war, as you put it, and those that are staying as the homebody with the blueprints. With that in mind, when the game was coming into creation and the ideas were flowing about how the go game loop would be, is this something that... Um, was taken into consideration the idea that if everything is always at 11 and you're constantly battling constantly fighting that becomes mundane and the norm so was that taken into consideration when having this other side of the game which is the uh, the homebody side the staying back the crafting the blueprint that type of thing was that thought of as a way of pacing the game better so it wasn't you're always just fighting 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 there is those downtimes between the fighting that kind of gives more excitement to when you do actually get to go out and fight? Uh, I think it was just a personal preference by the game developers. So like uh, one of the like leading game devs is D, D Dan, and he likes to play his games as the farmer. He doesn't, he likes, you know, a little bit of the aggression, but he's a collector. He's the guy that wants to be the homebody. And I think creating the game with that in mind kind of gave him that aspect of like of creating a role almost for himself within a game that he was designing and then uh chris errington is much the same way uh when i when i personally met them both first uh they both were playing animal crossing on their switches while i was playing breath of the wild so it was like an interesting like combination like that was their preferable game of like they just they, they played these animal crossing type games uh and, and so with that in mind like it's i think it was more of just like a development style to create a game that kind of suited uh, what they would want to do within a game, but also kind of allow for other um, areas of exploration for other types of gamers, essentially. I think that's interesting. It gives a little bit of context for people who want to come in and kind of play it slightly differently. And you mentioned already tying this in with guilds and how that could work. Could you explain a little bit more around the guilds? And I, I was quite interested in the idea of the patterns being shared across guilds so the, it's it's the idea of of um and it's it's still being worked through not like uh please understand all this is kind of still, like still work in progress but the idea has been discussed kind of that if if there's essentially if the guild owns an item instead of a single individual it would allow members in the guild to use that now to what extent because that's when like people start to milk systems and whatnot uh, is still yet to be determined, but it, it would make sense if you as a guild, you know, five or six people kill a monster, defeat a monster and five or six people get the pattern that that can go to a central place where everybody can use it. Um, however, like I said, there's still like a lot to be worked out because it makes more sense for one individual holding the pattern to have a higher chance to craft rare items. Whereas if it's shareable amongst a larger group of people it kind of reduces uh the rarity of the item essentially because it allows everybody to craft it so there's something that's still being kept in mind there but the idea is of like building building your group out right like if you go and do something with your friend not only one of you should benefit you should both benefit and so we're working through ways to make sure uh that everybody who is like working within this group uh can benefit and be lifted up uh no matter how they're playing the game essentially 
I do like the idea of that, that if you're in a group and you're struggling, you can benefit from the others helping you along. I know there's similar sort of systems in other Gilded games where the newcomer comes in and they get all the hand-me-down gear, but it does actually <laughs> propel them further into the game at a quicker rate. Um, one thing I was thinking of, the way you touched on it slightly there, of um, how these haven't been fully crafted out yet. Um, I know personally for myself, I don't think I've seen any of the game been played yet I, I may have and just have forgotten but is there even within house is there a base build that you guys have been able to walk around in and take a look at or is it still very much early early and a lot is more in the idea waiting for implementation currently so uh we have actually a couple of videos on our youtube you can go check out where we show like very early uh house building and very early island exploration now again it's very base it's only one island it's only a couple of houses it's only a few items to build from but that it, that's kind of the core that we're building out from uh, but there is something that you can actually see uh i think it was me running around playing it in the video itself so you, there is some gameplay you can see I'll have to go and check it out um, on the YouTube. I'll see if I can pin it while we're talking as well. Another thing that is really important in these type of games, just to make sure you keep people engaged. And I know that in the um, Discord, you have a bit of it going on as well. How important is the lore going to be to the story? And how do you see this unfolding for players in terms of whether it's a story mode or whether they're just picking things up as they're going around? So lore for us is like kind of everything, right? We want to make a really fun game, but there's something about being part of like this, this external world and like falling in love with it. Um, and so we're really trying to uh, do a good display of laying out the lore and the story that builds the world of Skyborn um, in multiple steps to, to our other people that are kind of like engaging. Uh, there's a lot, we've already released two one-of-one -one characters. Uh, in Rissa and Morgan Bren, uh, they are each uh, warriors that fight against, I, I can't really say his name yet, but there's a big evil dragon that they're kind of fighting against. And this is like the loose lore, um, but there's a, a before and there's an after. And S Skyborn Legacy takes place in, in this world after of like the world being shattered and everything being split into these multiple islands. But we do want to tell the story of the world before as well. So we're starting to leak out small activations and different things to uh, like let the people who are interested know what happened, you know, before the world shattered, uh, what the world was like, who, who were the heroes, of, like the ancient heroes that like you'll find remnants of in the actual game. You know what I mean? Yeah, that sounds very interesting to like trickle feed out the lore for then something that they can find within the game whilst they're playing. Um, Whilst uh, Gaspard asked you that question, I did actually jump over onto the YouTube. Um, and I suggest anybody that is having a hard time picturing what this is going to look like, they also check out your guys' YouTube. Hopefully Gaspard can pin one for us. But it looks adorable. And I'm currently watching the, um, the, the building part of it, the house building part you touched on. Um, and I believe it is you walking around looking at this video. <laughs> Unfortunately, I've got it muted. Um, but when I look at this, I'm just wondering about things of um, customization. Uh, when you decide you want to build a house or build something in um, on your island, is it going to be similar to how Animal Crossing is, where the outside of your homes are all pretty much the same and then you can just put the furniture in different locations? Or is there going to be options to build 
a house the way you want to so maybe it's like got two squares on the bottom and then a like a i don't know a balcony piece sticking off the side or is there just like um set blueprints for these different buildings that you just have to collect the resources for and deposit them in so floor plans right floor plans are as of right now with the, the base game that we have, it's just kind of that square. But the idea was to allow somebody to kind of, based upon the house, like design it and customize it. Like with maybe even if you wanted like a, two levels, two stories or something along those lines. That's kind of what where we're trying to get to is you have a small plot, a medium plot and a large plot. But like you were saying, it's not just squares. You know what I mean? It could be like a very long rectangle because what if you wanted to make like a guild hall instead of just like a house, you know what I mean? That you'd want something a lot longer. And so that's something definitely that the devs have in mind. Awesome. That's really good. Oh, sorry, Gaspo to jump in. I want to just respond to that part. That's really awesome to hear. I've got, um, I think 300 to 400 hours in seven days to die. And most of what I do there is building different buildings to different um, specifications. So the idea that, there is the the chance that maybe this is something that's going to be put in, I think would really um, be ideal for players like me, especially in this cutesy style. I've never seen anything where you have so much freedom to build in this graphical style. Um, but over to you, Gaspode. I was just going to say that I have pinned the YouTube video to the top for anyone wanting to see. Um, don't do what I do and click on it on your phone because I lost half of your question while it's started playing the YouTube video instead. So uh, have a watch if you're on laptop. Um, I did have a follow-up question. Oh, we've talked a lot about the game, but I haven't actually asked what platform it's on that you're going to be releasing. So as of right now, it is poised for the game that you see like on the video is, is planned for PC. However, um, they are working on... A, a like a mobile version somewhat which is like definitely leaked in that video as well if you watch it through you'll see chris kind of pick up his phone and play it on his phone so uh there is that level of reach that they're going for um but yeah that i can't really say much more other than what's been leaked thus far i think that's always one of the problems we strike when we're doing these um, press play uh, spaces, podcast style things is we always get so in depth in what people are doing and forgetting that there's a lot of stuff they can't actually tell us they're doing. And we just get excited and ask the questions about what's going on. But I think this game looks a beautiful fit for not only PC, but um, if it does go to mobile, mobile only thinking of your previous example of how they were playing Animal Crossing on the um, on the Switch um as well as each other because this does look a lot like a switch game to myself um I, I think you may have touched on it a little bit um already when you were talking about the law did you mention you had an interesting discord bot within your law did you touch on that so that's actually not a bot um that was like handmade by our like our project manager um community lead benny benny like made it all himself uh he hand wrote the story he hand chose like the different like applications. I believe he used like a, a dino bot to help like proceed through the proceedings, but it's not a preset bot that like built the story. Like it was all written by Benny. It was all created by Benny. Um, and fun fact, uh, I'll let everybody here know there's a special role that you get to receive. If you go through the story and you choose one of the, like the proper choices, 
Um, and that role will have a play uh, further down the road. Uh, I can't speak much more on it or tell you which role it is, but that we even incorporated a bit of gamification within the Discord bot entry itself. It's more of just like a, like a fun way to like enter the world of Skyborn. I have been telling lots of people about it because I am a big disappointed person when it comes to just captures because they really annoy me, but I understand why they're there. And when I joined your one, and it was kind of build your own, um, choose your own adventure, because I've got my Fabled Lands Choose Your Own Adventure book actually on the desk next to me. Big fan of that kind of choose your own adventure. Um, Looking out a bit from the game itself, can you tell us a bit more about the studio that's actually building the game, uh, Revolving Games? Yeah, absolutely. So Revolving Games is a a hundred employee studio as of right now, although they've been hiring left and right. Um, they're also working on another title that is partnered with NBC and Gala Games, which is uh, Battlestar Galactica. Um, I really can't say much more without NBC and Gala approval. The game looks so cool, though, um, like for real. Uh, and Revolving Games itself um, has some pretty big names, uh, like working for it. Uh, Edwin Shu. Uh, Previously uh, was the founder of Phoenix Phoenix Games, I think it was called, uh, which was picked up by uh, Zynga or so- something like that. They got the team is absolutely crazy. Um, Eric, it's funny. I used to play a game called Summoner's War, right? Now I was never a pay money on a phone game. Like I would never give a dollar to any game online until I started to play Summoner's War. Uh, for some reason, that game got me hooked, and I started to spend money on it. Come to find out, when I started working at the company, that the head of marketing that I currently work with was the head of marketing over at Summoner's War. So like that was a guy that kind of got me, you know what I mean? It was just a little funny thing, but uh, the team overall is stacked. Everybody is like, like multiply acclaimed. Uh, D Dan basically made the Kim Kardashian game for EA. Like that's what he's like well known for. He's also worked on a couple of Harry Potter titles. Yeah. The team is just uh, absolutely stacked. And then at the very top, we have a trio of brothers, the Zion brothers. Amar, Cheyenne, and Saad, uh, and they are just, I mean, they've been in the game for so long, and they know everybody that the connections that they have will allow, uh, like, newer titles to, to come out under the Revolving Games brand, essentially. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds like a powerful team. Um, I have actually seen um, Gala's um, teasing stuff that they've done on, I think it was their Twitter and their website about that other game, the Battle Star Galactic Entity or Eternity or something, I believe it was named. Um, but they, yeah, it looked uh, it looked really sick um, as well. And I see they do have those two as their listed titles on um, Twitter itself. Um, the the tagline for Twitter is "Developing Tech to Deliver Next Gen Gaming Experiences." Is this referring to just? the games they will deliver as a studio or are you building something that will help others deliver games as well? Um, just a bit of clarification on that, please. So from my understanding, the, the tech that they build in house people, it's, it's in-house made tech, like the game development software and things along these lines. Right. And so that will be what will be sourced out to other studios trying to build maybe a game that's kind of like Battlestar or maybe a game that's kind of like Skyborn. Um, That's the idea behind building out the tech is not just kind of like keep it within house, but if somebody wants to build a cool game and they like the way that we went about it, integrating blockchain and 
creating a way where it's it's not too in your face and everything's okay then that's that's kind of what the tech is for there um that they do a lot of their self-development uh like within house a lot of self everything is honestly done within house and switching tact slightly i've been having a look through your twitter and i've spotted that you've got some community art that's winning whitelists for people how important is getting the community involved in creative um creative tasks while you're still trying to mint and kind of release the game so you keep them engaged while there isn't actually anything to play um so for us it's it's more along the lines of like uh like kind of seeing who's there and who's interested um it shows us who's there for just a whitelist spot and who's there and excited for the game and it it gives us an inkling of like uh, who who our real early supporters are um and so it allows us to reward them by them being active uh i mean in every game every game will tell you user generated content is the most important content right because it's the people take their time their passion their love into making something for you that they essentially didn't have to do. And so like, that's why we try to uh, like honor it the best we can. And for us, it, it is very important. We, we love the input that everybody gives. Uh, it's important because it creates a, a warm, healthy culture where people can kind of share their thoughts, ideas, opinions. And that's the type of community that we're trying to harbor, which allow people to kind of just be themselves essentially. Yeah, I, lo I love that as an answer. I, I do realize that at this point within Web3 saying community is everything is such a overdone trope. But the idea of the way you're describing it is very true to like the idea of what people mean by that as well. And definitely having things where they actually actively get involved. I also did see um, some of the drawings people were doing for these um, whitelist spots and these entries. Uh, it does seem like it's more of an engagement thing rather than just a come follow our Twitter and you might get a whitelist. We, we, you, you've successfully pressed follow on Bird app. Great job. It's more of a be creative, do something that can show that you have actual interest in what we're doing and you don't want to win a whitelist to then floor whatever we're doing as soon as you can. <laughs> um, so speaking about that, um, you do have whitelist spots and an upcoming mint um, coming, I guess, <laughs> use the word again. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this mint will be for the first variation of this uh like world building that I was talking about or, or earlier, this uh, exploration into lore. So the mint will give you access into uh, what we're calling Wildlands currently, codename. Um, and it's just, it's like a fun little adventure game, uh, send heroes out and you get to explore the world that was uh, before Wavernia was shattered by uh, one of this, this big dark evil dragon. It was this beautiful land um, and you get to kind of experience the fight of, you know, seeing the land before and then seeing the land during the battle and engage within the battle itself and, you know, kind of like imprint yourself there, but not imprint yourself there. Um, and that's what the upcoming minute is for. It'll allow you to acclaim heroes to take part in this adventure. Uh, it will also give you one uh, elemental charm. I can't tell you the power of the elemental charms, but these elemental charms, you will never see them again outside of this first upcoming. So it's kind of like our way of thinking, the early people who've been here in the story, we're excited to share how everything ties together within the lore. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like our lore writer is like Oda from One Piece where he just like links everything like passively and secretly and you don't really see it until it's like right in front of you. And you're like, whoa, 
So yeah, the story writing is pretty fun, and the way everything's going to tie together is uh, very unique. Sounds very exciting indeed, especially if it's um, going to include stuff that they can only get um, through this part at the start. Um, I guess that is rewarding your OG participants uh, very well. Um, so what what type of things do people have to look forward to aside from this mint that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun especially if they're able to get out there and start exploring some of this uh the deep lore that you uh you appear to have cultivated over there at skyborne legacy what what other um uh, let's go for short to midterm things do people have to be looking out for at the moment short to midterm so I do know that the team is kind of working on um, other iterations of how to bring the Skyborne world like to life. Like uh, obviously short term is to uh, first, we're going to do this like little like lore adventure game uh, and then you'll see Skyborne. Uh, but like in between that, I do know, oh man, what can I say without getting in trouble? Um, so the vision is the idea of putting the brand out there. So and this is this is not not a guarantee. This is not a promise. But I, the where my brain goes is just like action figures or toys that represent Skyborn characters, um, maybe T-shirts or, or merchandise, something along those lines. Or maybe even we might see Skyborn characters because once you have lore, you fall in love with the characters. You might see those characters fall into um, other other universes and, and have action and you know, play over there uh, outside of just the Skyborne universe itself. So uh, outside of that, I can't say much more. This is one of the hardest questions we ask everybody because then they really have to pick their brain about what is stuff that everyone's meant to know and what is stuff that I'm meant to know. I do like the idea of once you've got something out there, you do hold the potential to drop into others' universes. Uh, in my mind, and I, I guess maybe in yours, it's the idea of dropping into other games. I know I've experienced it. Um, previously and I've also aided in doing some of that stuff where taking one character from one game and then they're playing in a completely different game mode that maybe the character's lore doesn't really back up but it's a fun thing that can happen in Web3 and I've definitely seen it a lot in Web3 more than you typically do in Web2. Um, moving, moving slightly to more questions about yourself I guess to, as we come towards this end of um, end of the spaces what type of thing in um the web3 gaming space are you currently excited about oh man um so i know it's kind of cliche and everybody says that like you don't own own anything but for me it's ownership and it's i know it's not permanent ownership but i i play games to the point where i do trade assets i sell carries i you know in world of warcraft back in the day we used to sell uh, Zolomon carries where you'd get a rare mount if you did it within a certain time. And there was nine of us that did it. So we would sell the 10th slot for like, you know, 10, 20,000 gold and split that amongst the friends. But that technically like wasn't like that was against terms of service. So uh, for me, it's the ability to do things like that, where I can take my higher level ability to play games and use that to equate, you know, time equals money, not in a way that's play to earn, but in a way that, you know, I'm not a I'm not a streamer. I don't have income coming in like that, but I can take my ability to play a game, play a game very well, apply it to somebody else and maybe make their life easier and get rewarded in return. Uh, 
that along with the again the idea of being able to own an item like a like a land space and have all your friends come and build upon that world uh is pretty interesting i like the idea of because i used to play games with my dad right and so my dad we both played runescape and he was the collector and i was I'd go out and do all the killing and i like the idea of having like a central place that somebody can kind of like own or rent and everybody can come and collectively build it out together um maybe even have like different marketplaces on different lands so if my friends are going out and getting rare items you have to come to my marketplace to buy those rare items it creates more of like an open world economy. Uh, that's really what I'm excited for. Blockchain allows a lot of that and it even empowers it. And so I think we'll see a, a new takeover, especially for MMOs. Because for me, that's kind of where my heart lives and lies is like within an MMO world. And the application of blockchain opens up the MMO world truly. It makes it like a truly like player owned experience, which is incredible. Yeah, I think I'm very much on the same sort of side of things as you are there. I like the idea of um, carry as a service. Definitely, uh, definitely a good service to be offering in them MMOs as well. I remember, I remember that um, dungeon you were speaking of. I never got a rare mount. I think I barely ever completed it. <laughs> um, but I also am very much. I'm keen on the idea of land ownership as well. I know it's heavily fallen out of favor, but I like the idea of it then becoming like a a faux real world situation where you own, like you said, a marketplace and people come to you for buying those particular items within that sort of game. And it kind of gamifies the whole thing opposed to like, I know some games, all their items are on chain and you go to open sea, you buy it and then it turns up in game. And I just like, it works. It's going to work exactly the same, but it just takes you out of the immersion of the game because you're not going to the store. So I'm, I'm a big fan of all that sort of stuff. Um, so before we get towards the end, I do have another personal question for yourself. You've already uh, mentioned you've done the Diablo 4 thing. Um, what are you excited for in general in all the game space? Um, not anything specific to do with Web3, but in, in general for gaming. Just overall? Um, that's a tough question. Uh, I, I'm excited for just to get the next MMO. Like I've been playing World of Warcraft since I was like 14, 15 years old and I'm like almost 30, um, like my whole life. People talk about addiction. They've never played World of Warcraft. You know what I mean? They need to make like a, a chat group for just people who are ex-World of Warcraft players. Um, but something like that where I can really like feel like just I'm enjoying my time. I can dive into a world. I can explore it. Like I used to just fly around and look at the graphic scenery that they had in World of Warcraft because it was so beautiful. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to for um, New Age. And like we can kind of see it already with uh, Unreal Engine. It allows a lot of like... Um, smart people who don't have access to like actual game development tools to build out the worlds that, that are within their head. And so we're starting to see a lot of like fun, unique ideas there. Uh, so I guess the, the focus would be kind of like what Fortnite and not so much Fortnite, but Fortnite creative uh, is like super exciting to me. I, I was playing a world the other day. It was like a Valhalla realm where you start off level one and you, you're uh, at like the very bottom of Yggdrasil and you got to climb your way all the way to the top. And it was just like, this super unique experience within Fortnite, but I forgot I was playing Fortnite. I thought I was like this Viking warrior running around, you know, killing an army of undead. And so for me, that's where, where my excitement is. That's where gaming goes to. Um, yeah. Especially because I guess the movement, like when it comes to movement within a game, it's super important for me. I think that's why I played world of Warcraft for so long because the movement is so flawless, right? They, there's something about the way all the characters move is it just made the game last a, a very long time. And I think Fortnite has 
out of most shooters, because I'm not a big shooter person myself, but Fortnite has captured the ability of movement like beautifully. And I think that that allows a lot of different game ideas and styles to be resurrected within the the Unreal Engine. Yeah, I like everything you said there. It's also bang on with what I think as well. Fortnite has fantastic movement and games that have clunky movement. And I experience this a lot as I test a lot of games here in Web3. And there's always some of these games where you can't exactly put your finger on it, but you can say the movement is wrong. Uh, you ask for clarification. I can't tell you why. I could just tell you that the movement is not correct. Um, but yeah, I am looking forward to when an MMO does manage to throw its, um, its crown in the ring with Warcraft and not get completely stomped like they have been doing since uh, since Warcraft first came out. I did play World of Warcraft from vanilla. Um, I think I've played every expansion, but not consistently played either. Um, but yeah, I, I have been a fan, but I would, I would like a game to dethrone it and give me a new experience as well. Um, so as we're coming up to the end of uh, the spaces here today um all we really need is where do we find out all more information about you where do people need to be looking um to make sure they're up to date with en everything and anything skyborne legacy uh definitely the discord if you haven't been in the discord jump through it uh you don't have to take part of the little story adventure we talked about at the start there's definitely like a skip and click button but it's it's really fun to kind of dive into an experience um it does give you a little bit of like hint hint uh for what's kind of to come in the future uh so discord is the main spot outside of that uh we are kind of redoing the website so you can expect a new website coming out relatively soon a lot of information on there revolvinggames.com uh if you're curious about the overall company that's building uh this brand definitely check them out you can go see all the talent it's just listed on the front page of like who's working on the games and who we have like under the hood um but yeah discord and just social media Uh, if you didn't finish, you can continue. It would appear that our host accidentally unmuted his mic. No, you're good. Just Dis Discord's a main spot. Um, other socials are great. Uh, definitely follow along. We're, we're definitely going to be experimenting with a couple of different socials, though, um, like TikTok and Instagram. Uh, they may not be so much information-based as just like uh, sharing art-based. Uh, kind of rekindle it towards something like um, what like other NFT projects have done, like the Pudgy Penguins, for example, where they don't mention NFT or Web3 at all. They're just kind of like this, this entity. And our goal is to be a gaming entity. So we figured why not just share fun gaming posts every day? You know, it doesn't have to be Web3. It could just be a fun little joke, get somebody to interact and, and like the art because the art is, you know, beautiful chef's kiss to the art. So it, the rest will just come. Awesome. That sounds good. So everybody, make sure you're going through the Discord. You, you go and take part in the lore. Uh, I also suggest following them on Twitter because I say to follow everyone on Twitter. Um, but thank you for coming up and being with us today. And thank you for everyone that came along again to listen to us. Um, obviously, it's fantastic to see all the people that come along weekly um, and take, a take their time to learn more about some of the games in the space. Um, but that's all we've got time for today here at Press Play. So, uh, Gaspo, do you want to say goodbye? 
It would appear that Gaspode does not, in fact, want to say goodbye. I will I will say it for Gaspode. Gaspode says goodbye. Uh, also, follow Gaspode's Twitter. He does a lot of stuff with reviews, spaces, and videos as well. If you are looking for news, reviews, guides, and content, and generally anything Web3, make sure you go over to polkastarter.gg. If you have enjoyed the press play that we have done today, make sure you go over to your favorite podcast arena to listen back at a later date. We are still battling with Sandbox's ever keen heart to get ourselves on iTunes as he desperately begs our podcast to go there. But until next week, this has been Press Play. I have been George and I'll see you then. Goodbye.